your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On Golden Knights. The life of Riley is good as Riley Smith is expected to stay in Las Vegas for three more years. Hi again, everyone. I'm Tony Cardasco along with Chris Golick. You're listening to Locked On Golden Knights. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. On Twitter, you could find us at Locked On VGK. Myself at Tony Dasco. Chris Golick is TD Chris G. And welcome aboard. And so VGK has a verbal agreement, Chris, on a contract extension with pending unrestricted free agent Riley Smith. This according to Frank Saravelli of the Daily Faceoff. The news broke yesterday morning right as we got off of the air. And the deal is worth about $5 million AAV for three years. Smith, as we know, one of the top 50 unrestricted free agents. He had an injury-shortened season this past season. And the Golden Knights are going to have to free up cap space, right, if that is the deal. Isn't this uh, similar to what Smith was making before? I thought he was making about $5 million a year. So this is just an insurance policy for VGK. They might keep the misfit line intact. They might not. But I guess that Riley Smith, this is home. We've talked about it. He's huge in the community. I think he just wanted to stay here. And three more years at five mil is not a bad deal. Yeah, this is um, <clears throat> pardon me. This uh, matches his previous contract, five million AVV. Um, Thirty-one years old, five million dollars a year. Certainly a solid signing as far as uh, output productivity goes. Um, also, just a tremendous utility player, as uh, him and William Carlson have been uh, the power kill, penalty killing unit now since basically season number one and like you said big in the community hosts a softball game every year uh he's going to show up to work every day put his boots on get in there and do a good job he's you know pretty quiet pretty soft-spoken in the sense that you really don't you're not going to get like the you know the locker room quotes out of him and you're not going to see him in the paper the next morning you know talking about uh you know giving you basically uh trying to think of the best words to use here just he just kind of quiet, soft-spoken, but he leads very, very well on the ice. Uh, looking at his points for the last few seasons since he joined the Golden Knights, 60-53-54 in the shortened season, 18, a point, 18 points, which would adjust out to probably somewhere in you know the high 30s, low 40s. And then only 56 games played last year due to injuries to um himself and our uh and our salary cap if you will sort of speak but still notches 38 points uh 16 goals and 22 helpers so good to have riley smith back i, I feel five million dollars it's not necessarily a large hometown discount but i think if he would have gone to free agency i think he probably could have done a little bit better um does he want to start over somewhere else and run the risk of going to you know, a mid to low tier type team that, you know, may not be able to compete for a cup. Eh, probably not. I think he likes the situation here. He likes, uh, he likes living here. So we, maybe we get a little bit of a hometown discount um, and it's not going to necessarily hurt us 
too much as far as uh, what's going to happen after this with other contracts. Yeah, I, uh, I really do. I do believe that he wanted to stay here. Um, him and his wife expecting their first child. You don't want to unseat the family here yet. You know, now at this point, uh, you talked about special teams. He had three power play goals this season, 39 power play goals throughout his career. And as you mentioned, he's really good on the PK. Um, I looked at some numbers here and with the Golden Knights, since joining VGK, just his presence, you know, you talked about him sort of as a silent leader, plus 75 with VGK at home. This is how strong he is. Uh, He's plus 65 at home and 97 games uh, played, I guess. He's got some big numbers. Uh, No, 97 goals, I guess, uh, in in home games throughout his career, I should say. Um, He's got some really big numbers and 112 assists. That's the numbers that I was looking for. So, yeah, no, I mean, he's a major contributor. Um, will the misfit line be broken up now? Uh, is this the time where they turn the corner? A lot of scuttlebutt about perhaps William Carlson uh, on the trading block and uh, Chandler Stevenson. Where do you place Stevenson now? He is not, in my estimation, a third-line center. He's more than proven himself uh, with the VGK. So a couple things there. Um, there's There's three players that I think might – wind up being the fallouts with the Riley Smith re-signing. William Carlson, I think, is the third player that potentially might wind up going. Um, Just a couple quick hitters on William Carlson. I mean, his contract over $5 million a year, but has consistently gone down since uh, season number one with that 78-point performance, 43 goals. His goals after that, 24-15-14 for the adjusted season, 12 Point total, 78, 56, 46, 39 again for the short season, then 35. So Carlson certainly is not living up to his contractor expectations. Given the current makeup of VGK, William Carlson definitely slides in as the third line center. But one of the reasons I don't think William Carlson is going to go anywhere is simply because of his contract and his outputs. If VGK is making deals to shed contract, they're not going to retain a piece of his contract. I mean, they need to shed that entire $5 million. And I don't know if anyone is trading for William Carlson, just simply kind of like the flurry trade with the Blackhawks in the offseason last year, where it was, okay, you take uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, take his contract and give us someone no one ever heard about who's not going to be with your team anyway, so don't worry about it. I don't think William Carlson even commands that type of value. Um, The only way someone is going to trade for William Carlson is if we have a throw-in, you know, to sweeten the pot with, so to speak, or if we retain some of his salary. And I don't think retaining salary is a position that VGK is in right now. Giving away, you know, another draft pick, which um, your draft picks are certainly dwindling as time goes on. I don't think that's the right thing. Um, I really hope Bruce Cassidy can maybe – take on William Carlson as a project and say, Hey, you know, five years ago, uh, 78 points and uh, 43 goals, you know, what can we do to try and get him back to those numbers? Cause we know what his ceiling is. His ceiling is line one center type outputs. Are we expecting him to put up 40 plus goals again? I think that's unreasonable. 
but a challenge, you know, a 30-30 type season, 30 goals, 30 assists, I think that would be a real good place to try and get Carlson back to. And if you're, you're center number three, your line three center can get you a 55, 60, 65 points. Now we're talking. Yeah. And again, I think you know, with all that talent around him, I'm just surprised that he hasn't, you know, done well consistently. Uh, one of those guys, when you talk about sustainability, he's not sustained. <laughs> all fair. Uh, yeah. And, you know, and then back to Riley Smith, though, um, was on LTIR at the end of the season. I understand it was a wrist injury from the folks that I've spoken to that are close to him. And uh, I guess he's back to normal. He's going to play in his softball game, as you mentioned, on <laughs> July the 18th. Uh, but you know, I didn't think that this was ever in doubt that they were going to extend him beginning with the NHL trade deadline. Right. Yes. And the Donoff, they were clearing space uh, at that time by trading him away. And we thought that that extension from everything we heard was going to happen immediately for Riley Smith at that point. And then they finally do get the Donoff off the books, so to speak. And now that paves the way for Riley Smith. So this wasn't really in doubt. No, no, no. I think you're 100% right there, Tony. It seemed like from the moment the Donoff uh, was tr- was traded, then the not traded, uh, Riley Smith was the play, uh, whether it was simply just to get him back in the lineup then or the big picture as far as a contract extension. But I'm with you. I, I don't necessarily think Riley Smith was ever in doubt. I think um, of all the possibilities outside of Riley Smith being players like uh, Patcher Reddy um, and even like an Alec Martinez, uh, I think Riley Smith brings the most sustainability, to use that quote again, I guess. Um, and also based on his age, based on his salary, just it, it makes sense to have Riley Smith in the lineup. I'm wondering how he's going to fit into Bruce Cassidy's system. Yeah, I mean, that's you can say that about a lot of players, definitely. Uh, you certainly hope the offensive output along with him and a lot of players improves. Um, but Riley Smith, he's going to have a place. I mean, Cassidy does have solid defensive teams as far as his resume goes. Riley Smith is that 200-foot uh, two-way player that can do just as well on on the defensive side of the ice as he can on the offensive side of the ice. And honestly, it doesn't matter what the system is. A player like Riley Smith can be employed by 32 of the 32 NHL franchises, no questions asked, and will always be rewarded with that uh, handsome $5 million salary. Coming up next, we'll take a look at the NHL awards, the winners and losers, more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL Stanley Cup playoffs, which are coming down to the wire, along with Major League Baseball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sports scores for your podcast and news this season. BetOnline.net, the fastest and easiest way to check out all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and even golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas. And thanks for making Locked On VGK your first listen each and every day. 
free and available wherever you get your podcast. And Chris, with all of the latest news coming out this week, we didn't have a chance to talk about the NHL awards other than the fact that I'm still miffed that they weren't held in Las Vegas again. And then, you know, so let's start off with a heart trophy and a major shout out to the one reporter that left Austin Matthews and Connor McDavid out of his, not, not off of his ballot, but out of the top five in his voting, Austin Matthews of the Maple Leafs with 60 goals and 73 uh, games with the win. Connor McDavid, uh, that cheater, uh, McDavid with 123 points. And, and how you forget about your boy, Shashirkin, also in the lineup. So back to that writer, who who did that person vote for? Do you know out of curiosity or no? Uh, I think it was uh, Kopitar and then uh, Josie. I forget who it was. Kopitar. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this, this person makes their living in <laughs> Southern California. Then, Jeez. All right. I mean, yeah, just looking at the finalists, I mean, you're, you're really. Oh, no, no, hairs, no. I'm sorry. It was Caprizo. But... It was Caprizo. That's okay, fair enough. That that's fair. I mean, it, I have another story about Kopitar way. later. Okay, okay, fair enough. I like it. Um, you're you're splitting hairs. I mean, I don't know how the votes as far as percentages came out, but Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid, Chesterkin. If you take any of those players away from their teams, the teams struggle mightily. Connor McDavid is kind of in that weird spot as far as awards go right now because. As long as Dreisaitl is on the team, you're kind of saying, well, if Connor is gone, Dreisaitl is there and vice versa. Um, again, splitting hairs to determine who should get that award. All three of these players had remarkable seasons. And, you know, it's uh, the numbers they put up, like you said, Connor McDavid, that cheater with uh, 120-something points. Austin Matthews, you said 60 and 73. I mean, th- those are just remarkable statistics and these young players in all the awards um they're i was listening to the nhl network yesterday and they were pointing out the youth of all the major awards yesterday i mean the nhl is in a good spot right now tony with all this young talent coming up no doubt there really is a lot of good solid young talent in the league uh the selkie award was won by patrice bergeron for the best defensive forward and what i was getting at i was jumping ahead of myself (laughs) was wayne gretzky on his ballot had Anzi Kopitar. Well, what does Wayne Gretzky know about hockey? <laughs> exactly. But I had to drop in <laughs> Kopitar there at some point. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I mean, Bergeron, again, um, defensive forward, there's always so many candidates. Obviously, in Vegas, the first person we're going to look at uh, for a category like that is Mark Stone. I believe Stone was nominated for that last year, if I'm not mistaken. And he's been kind of sniffing around that award for a while now. Yeah, he was uh, definitely, his name was mentioned at the start of the season for the Selkie. Uh, and then uh, the Vezina goes to Igor Shosturkin, who speaks a lot better English than I had anticipated. It's getting better. It's, it's definitely improving. <laughs> Hanging around Ryan Reeves. And I did get, uh, I did get my t-shirt. It came in the mail. <laughs> Jesse release, release us. That came this past week. That's so awesome. That's big news around here. But Shesterkin is one of those players you think that is going to, uh, again, the youth in this league, uh, just the fact that he is so consistent. And I like the way he's looking always to break out. He had an assist, of course, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, that big assist in yep. uh, the last series. But, yeah, I like Shesterkin, and I, I like what he's doing. And it's, it's good when you could build your team, if you're Gerard Gallant, around your goaltender, too. 
a subtle, subtle jab, I think, at uh, the goaltending situation post Gerard Gallant, but I like it. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at all of Markstrom, uh, uh, Saros, and Shesterkin, I mean, all amazing seasons. And again, you're probably splitting. Well, Shesterkin was a little bit above the rest, I think. So you're not necessarily splitting hairs in that category, but. Yeah, building from the net out and not having to worry about that position for, you know, a long period of time, that's certainly a good spot for any NHL franchise. And the Rangers are only going to get stronger. They're going to get stronger and stronger. They got some solid veteran leadership with up-and-coming players such as Adam Fox, Alexis Lafreniere, et cetera. Uh, The kid line, I mean, the Rangers are going to be in a good spot for a very long time. I know you said it a couple of times when we've talked either on the air or off the air, is you felt the Rangers were a year or two away. Well, I mean, if they if they still made it to the conference final and they're still a year or two away, there's a lot of good things that are going to be happening in uh, MSG for a long time. The top defenseman, no doubt, Kale McCarr wins the Norris. And oh, yeah. just McCarr and just the way that he leads the rush and just his shot is like blistering. And there's so many things to like about the game of Kale McCarr. No doubt. A hundred percent. He is so fast. He rushes the puck. You're seeing the Bobby Orr comparisons, that goal he scored against the Blackhawks in overtime where he just absolutely undressed Kirby Doc uh, with that 360 and just literally had his skates just dug in as deep as I've ever seen into the ice and just goes forehand backhand and you know, I think uh, Marc-Andre Fleury is still looking for that puck to see exactly uh, how that got behind him. But yeah, McCarr is doing amazing things right now, and it's only his second season, if I'm not mistaken. Um, shout out to Roman Yossi, though. What a season he had. 23 goals, 73 assists, 96 points as a defenseman. That is, those are outstanding numbers. Uh, Kale McCarr at 86 points. And then uh, Victor Hedman. I mean, Victor Hedman's name is always going to be uh, in the running with 85 points. But Kale McCarr is certainly a lot sexier as far as the way he moves the puck. And he's a solid defenseman. Like, he's not a big body by any means. At least he doesn't have that perspective. He looks like he's about 12 years old out there. So just give it some time as he uh, puts on a little bit more muscle throughout his career. As long as his legs keep up with his body in that regard, Kale McCarr could have a memorable season and go down uh, in historic fashion. And then the other major award on awards night uh, for the National Hockey League, the Calder Award, going to Maritz Seider, uh, the Rookie of the Year over Trevor Zegers. We saw Zegers a lot here in Las Vegas and, of course, regionally. And I just think he's outstanding. Uh, but Seider had a better season. He won a unanimous vote there, and he also had a great acceptance speech and uh, made fun of his parents for being <laughs> on vacation. <laughs> but that was an awful, that was an awful award ceremony overall. And there's not very many. You know what? There weren't very many trophies left to hand out, and so it just I don't know. It, it just wasn't great. The NHL awards are always a bit strange. And, and this is even when they're in Vegas, though, to be completely fair. It's just kind of odd with the tables set up and stuff. And if there was one thing I did like about it, you know, not being in Vegas, unfortunately, is the fact that you had more players, more active players in the Stanley Cup final there as well. I mean, you got Hedman and uh, Kale McCarr in the same room while they're playing the Stanley Cup final against each other. It adds a little bit 
of um, appeal, I guess you can say, but I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm bringing it back to Vegas. How about the players would much rather be in Vegas? There's no doubt about that. Um, I attended the NHL awards. It was the season before Vegas was even announced. The, a friend did you of go mine, to the one at the Palms. No MGM. I, I, MGM. Oh, I, was at, I was at the Palms back in the day and that was so boring. Yeah. We had the show. So we had, uh, I'll give you a Rangers story here. Um, a friend of mine uh, was able to set me up with like the backstage passes and all that. So I got to go basically anywhere I wanted. And um, uh, Lundquist. So I'm literally standing backstage steps from where the players are going up and down, just acting like I'm, I'm somebody. And I see Henrik Lundquist just standing there off to the side. He's just chilling, not talking to anyone and just kind of taking it in. So I wait for a commercial break and I walk up to him. And this is the only thing I say to him. I said, you are by far the the best dressed athlete in all the sports. That's all I said to him. He looks at me. He's like, Oh, you must have me confused for someone else. I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think so. And he's kind of looked at me. I'm like, dude, whatever, man. And I just walked away from him. Like, dude, what, what, like, what are we doing there? I thought he was going to be a lot nicer and stuff. And you know, oh, he man. wasn't drinking or nothing. And I, and I wasn't drinking yet. Keyword on yet. You know, but yeah, the NHL awards are fun. It's a good time. The players let loose a little bit. I guess uh, Henrik Lundqvist chose me as his target at that moment to uh, begin his let loose process. So if I helped him in- enjoy his night a little bit better than a uh, good for you, Henrik Lundqvist, good for you. Coming up next, uh, the Colorado Avalanche can close out the two-time defending Stanley Cup champions tonight. Will they do it? Back with more after this on Locked On Golden Knights. Welcome back to Locked On Golden Knights. Tony Cardasco and Chris Golick from Las Vegas on this Friday. And Chris, uh, tonight could be the big night in Colorado, in Denver. The police are on alert. Businesses are on alert. The cup will be in the building tonight. Can the Colorado Avalanche close out the two-time defending champion, Tampa Bay Lightning, this evening? Certainly they can close out the game or close out the series. No doubt about that. They're more than capable. It's, um, is it a likely that it's going to happen? Eh, that's a fair statement to make. Uh, I'm going to take a quick peek here and see what the local sports books feelings are on that while I chat a little bit. But I don't think Tampa goes down without winning one road game. I don't see that necessarily happening. At least that would be my perspective when the series started. Um, I think Tampa does find a way to get there. And then also if Tampa gets there. Now you're going to be in the head of Colorado in the sense that if we don't win game number six, now we're going back for a game number seven. It happens that quickly. Uh, Avalanche are minus 175 the win tonight, though. That's a pretty big margin. And the sports books feel that this one is probably going to end tonight's. Um, this is where Vasilevsky really needs to earn his his keep, so to speak, to keep things going. This is a game, I think, where Vasilevsky is going to have to steal because I think Colorado is going to play like they did in that overtime from the opening puck drop. I won't, I wouldn't be surprised if in the first 18 seconds of the game, Colorado gets a high Colorado gets a high quality scoring chance. That's the type of game that Colorado is going to bring tonight. They're going to come in waves. All four of their lines are going to be attacking. Can John Cooper withstand that? Can John Cooper keep the lines somewhat matched, even though they're on the road and they have, they don't get the last change. Uh, That's going to be one of the interesting game within the games to watch. Um, 
Can the leader, can the veteran leaders such as uh, Corey Perry, Stamkos, Kucherov, can they find a way to get there? Or is it going to be, uh, you know, line four, uh, Maroon going to get a goal and get things going? There's so many storylines. I just hope it's not over tonight. Uh, you know, knowing that there's a maximum of three games remaining in the 21-22 hockey season is depressing by itself. So let's uh, let's milk this thing for at least one more game. That's my hope. But in all likelihood, it might end tonight, and it might be in a... Uh, on dramatic fashion with like a five to one type victory for Colorado. That would not surprise me at all right now. And Pat Maroon trying to get his troops fired up. He says, we have to win an effing game right now. So he's really fired up. And one time, (laughs) one time, uh, Chris, the bolts came back from a three to one series deficit. That was all the way back in 2011 against Pittsburgh. Uh, When you talk about the Colorado avalanche, it's just hard to believe in my mind that Darcy Kemper could be the goaltender that leads this team to a cup title. I mean, they've won 15 games, Nashville, St. Louis, Edmonton, and now Tampa. And pretty much like, like we said, we talked about this. This could be known as one of the powerhouse teams of all time in the national hockey league. And, you know, they can close out this series tonight and in strong fashion, I think that they will, have a place in history. Uh, Nazim Kadri, let's talk about him. Uh, comes off of the thumb surgery. Had that major collision with Jordan Bennington in the series against St. Louis. And then uh, comes back here with a disputed goal on the alleged illegal line change. Uh, thought he was done. Thought he was finished for the entire season. And here he is playing for a cup. And I would not be surprised if Kadri scores the game-winning goal tonight. That would be, uh, I think, a perfect ending to this narrative and to this story. No doubt. It's certainly, uh, I mean, Kadri, what a storyline everything has been uh, his entire playoff. He's certainly done a lot better than he has in previous playoffs simply because he wasn't suspended. So the, the bar was low for Kadri as far as in that regard. But, um, yeah, it's just it's fun to watch i mean him and his nine nine working fingers right now he's still finding ways to contribute i i saw his ice time he was on the ice a lot and i saw just in the first period uh he was out there for nearly six minutes which given his circumstances and just coming back that's a lot of minutes for someone who had been out for such a long time just coming right back into the fire and yeah if he does come in and get the the game winning goal or at least contributes at a high level that would certainly uh, continue the, I guess, the feel-good story that is Nazim Kadri. Maybe next year this time when we do our NHL awards recap, we'll be talking about him winning Lady Bing. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's been crazy, the goaltending. And just, like, look at all of the dramatic twists and turns in the last game, in game four of the Stanley Cup final. And, again, a lot of it revolved around the goaltenders. And, you know, the way that the, the way the, that you can beat Darcy Kemper again is aim for the mask hit three times in the mask and one scored a goal. And then, you know, against, uh, against Vasilevsky boy, that weakness to the blocker side is just, it's really been something that I think I really do believe that the Rangers uh, more or less exposed Vasi to the blocker side, but I, I would never believe if you told me a season ago, that Darcy Kemper could be the netminder in a game that's a closeout game 
uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. And who knows? We don't know what Kemper is going to show up tonight. I think that that is probably the biggest question mark in this game. Yeah. So you mentioned, I think, in the in, in your previous statements about Kemper leading the team to, you know, a Stanley Cup victory. Kemper's not leading this team. Kemper is playing very, very well. He played very, very well in game number four. But you need when you have that avalanche roster and all that talent, you don't need a goalie to win games for you. You need a goalie not to lose games for you. Mike Smith. I mean, I that's the first name that came to mind right there. Mike Smith was the first name that came to mind. If Mike Smith is the goalie of the avalanche, I don't know if they're having – the same level of success. They're not having the same level of domination. I will comfortably say that. Can they still win the cup if it's Mike Smith back there? Maybe, maybe not. But, you know, it's just been so much fun uh, watching all of this. And like I said, all the drama, all the storylines, all the things happening. Uh, Can Kemper go out there tonight and seal the deal? Maybe in pitch a shutout? Perhaps. Um, But I think... uh, I don't think Vasilevsky is going to go quietly. We have not seen a a marquee Stanley Cup performance out of uh, Vasilevsky yet. And just like I don't think if you asked me in the beginning, would Tampa not win a single game on the road this series? I would have said certainly 100% I don't agree with that statement. If you would have told me Vasilevsky would be just average for all five to seven games and not necessarily steal a game, I would also strongly disagree with that statement. So let's look at Vasilevsky, I think, to put the team on his shoulders. And it, hopefully uh, he can find a way for Tampa to only need to put up a three spots tonight. And uh, if they can do that, if uh, Vasilevsky can hold Colorado, Colorado to two goals or less, then I think we're coming back to Tampa for game six. But we also, um, I say we like Tampa's my team. I shouldn't say that. But Tampa also needs to stay out of the penalty box. That avalanche power play and special teams, oh, my goodness. I mean, there's... You know, there's not enough time in this show to talk about all the good things Colorado does. I think uh, how much will the momentum, you know, play a part in this game coming off of that last game and the road victory and now up three to one. And just, you know, the defining moment for me in this series was the overtime period and the dominance, the dominance of the Colorado Avalanche, who are now uh, playing for the cup for the first time, I think, since 2002. I think that they're going to pick up where they left off. And I just, I mean, it was a major flex. I was so impressed with the abs in, in that overtime period because you're beating the crap out of each other back and forth, you know, for an entire 60 minutes. And then in the overtime period, you could just see the strength of Colorado. If they lost that game, they might've been reeling today, but instead the way that they played, they rung two posts. They had the breakaway. Uh, it was like, to me, I thought a defining moment in this series and let's see if they can show that strength, uh, especially early on, whoever gets that first goal tonight could be very important. I'm looking, it's going to get back to the over. Okay. We're going to have a game. You know what? Put a six on the board folks. And it'll be like 10 goals tonight. I think, I think we will see an avalanche. And I don't think, uh-huh. I don't think you know, Vassy, Vassy, you talked about him, right? Chris, he does get stronger. He seems to get stronger as a series wears on. But he wasn't that strong the other night, as strong as, you know, we expect him to be. That goes to show, again, the power, the strength, the focus of this Colorado Avalanche team. They've got so much talent. Exactly. I mean, I don't think um, it's not that Vasilevsky is not getting stronger. He probably is getting stronger. 
but so is Colorado. And there are just, I think I said this earlier on, <clears throat> pardon me, that Colorado just comes at you in waves and they just don't stop. There is no rest. There is no time to catch your breath. And, you know, it's, it's remarkable watching the domination that they have. And you asked yet on yesterday's show, how will this performance rank amongst other um, Stanley Cup winners and playoff runs? Should the Avs knock this thing out in five games? It certainly is an all-time performance. It really, really is. And uh, Kale, going back to Kale McCarr, I think he had the quote of um, the series, sort of speak, leading up to game number one. It was something along the lines of the Tampa Bay Lightning are going for their, um, uh, not trilogy, uh, their dynasty, but we, being the Colorado Avalanche, are trying to start our legacy. And that's, it's, I mean, that's a pretty, that's a pretty good quote right there, especially for uh, the new kid on the block, sort of speak. And, you know, Colorado, that's the thing, uh, whether they win or lose the cup this year, they are going to be around a long time. And something I'd like to maybe highlight next, next week when we're doing a little more searching for, um, for content is just kind of talk about how teams have built their way up through the draft, uh, Tampa and Colorado, and where VGK certainly hasn't necessarily done that yet. And now you're seeing the longevity and how teams can stay relevant and competitive. So that'll be an interesting topic to, uh, to discuss because Colorado has built their team via draft as Tampa has. And there are concerns about, you know, what's in the VGK pipeline in the next, you know, two, three, four years down the road, just based on where our youth was, you know, five, six years ago when the team first started and the players that were in those early drafts that are playing and with the, with VGK right now. So you're talking about research. I'll give you some numbers right now. Riley Smith, who, you know, we led with today and his contract extension. Okay. Get this one. Okay. You're a big fantasy guy. So you need to play, make sure that you play Riley Smith in 17 games in the month of March on Tuesdays. (laughs) He has seven goals and three assists and he's a plus two. I came up. I don't know why that just fell out of the sky this morning, but. That's what I found on Riley Smith. What was that just awful baseball movie? It was little, was it little big league where the kid winds <laughs> up owning the Minnesota twins and the, the announcer is kind of the, the comic relief throughout the movie. And he has like all sorts of those crazy stats. He's basically like the twins are, you know, 18 and four on day games, you know, starting before two o'clock North of the Mason Dixon line. That's what that sounded like right there. On Monday's show, let's uh, let's explore uh, players that we talked about. Players that will we feel believe uh, will fit into Bruce Cassidy's system. On Monday, let's take a look at players that we feel will not fit into Cassidy's system. We could do that. Uh, thank you all for making Locked On Golden Knights your first listen every day, and for your second listen, it's Locked On NHL with the latest news from the Stanley Cup Final. And we could be running out of time with the SFFCF. Okay, we'll get your, uh, gosh, my initials there. SEF uh, could be the final game, the closeout game tonight in Colorado. Have a great weekend, everyone. Enjoy tonight's game. We'll see you again Monday for my man, Chris Golick. I'm Tony Cardasco. So long for now. And thank you for tuning in to Locked On Golden Knights.